help you last four times longer in bed. Roman has testosterone testing and treatment. Treating low testosterone can help revive your sex drive. And better yet, with Roman, everything is online. There are no waiting rooms and no hassle. Roman sends everything right to your door with free shipping and in discreet packaging. So, men, for better sex this Valentine's Day, go to ro.co slash vday. Do it today and get 20% off. That's ro.co slash vday. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis' sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome to the Gene Otto and Jeffrey Show. Coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at JWright929ESPN. Over in the main studio, the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist. The lead sports columnist in the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnists in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for 8th Best Sports Columnist, United States of America. He's on Twitter, at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. Jeffrey, I I don't know if you know this, because I didn't know it until today. Did you know it's rivalry week in the NBA? They have branded this rivalry week. It's like like college football and college basketball season. Rivalry Mm, week. No, that that is... um... That's like the new social, like that's a social media. It's perfect that the NBA would try to do this. And then uh, that's the other great thing is like NBA people will act like you're the problem if you don't recognize it. This is no different. Nothing says rivalry week like Indiana Orlando. But there's, but that's also like when you get the 14th National Siblings Day. You know what I mean? Like it's just all social media. Second commercial. cousin yeah. day. Well, it's like, no, it's like. Salute it's, our second cousins out there. How many? Te- I feel like there's like 16 national tequila days. It's like, why don't you just admit like you just want to you just want to get drunk tonight? Like yeah. national take a shot. Yeah, day. exactly. <laughs> well, it's rivalry week. And by the j- way, speaking of, you want to know one of the greatest rivalries right now out there in the game? Me and Directv. Oh wow, you're going at it. Let me just tell you this: Directv is very much on the hot seat right now. Well, they're not going to have Sunday Correct. ticket anymore. So they're already. You would. Th- Think that would motivate them to be a little better in customer service. Mm. Sent the, tech- the lost art customer service these days. Here's here's one that that was truly we farmed it out to India. Our oh, customer yes, service. Yes. Uh, Hello, I am Brian. It's like no, you're not. Like, come on. It might be, but uh, sure, whatever. But since the some of them are good. I've dealt with some good overseas customer service. People. I mean, it's my deal is this one was a new one for me. They sent. First off, I just have it's very I was very clear to them what I needed. One of my four receivers is broken. I need a new receiver. This would be a situation back in the day you could just go to the AT&T store. Well, that doesn't that situation doesn't exist anymore. Do we know where you could go swap out equipment? Mm-hmm. So now you either have to mail it in or they have to send out a tech. I was totally fine. Just give me, I will mail it in, and then mm-hmm. you send me a new one. I can go a couple of days without TV4. We can, we can, it's not a, it's not an important enough time of the year mm. to where we can't survive. Yeah. And they are, no, we have to send a tech. Have to send a tech. Like, 
No, you don't. The other TVs work. Like, they work. This one doesn't. It's very specific. This box is the problem. Then they sent the tech to my brother's house. Oh, man. Like, it. And by the way, it's not like, oh, the bill is incorrect. The bill reads my address. Feels like you need to get a new cable service. They're on the hot seat. Mm. Well, hopefully, I'm glad at least one TV will be working tonight. That's rivalry week. Me versus DirecTV. And I've, listen, no one has ridden harder, phrasing, for DirecTV than me. I'm sorry, DirecTV. Well, it is. We've got official confirmation, though, Jeffrey. Did it to themselves. Steve Kerr and Clay Thompson in the last 24 hours. Oh, His Holiness? Have, have, have finally declared this Grizzlies Warriors thing a rivalry. Um, so that it is officially, officially a rivalry, and it's been stamped by the fact that it is on oh, NBA so is Rivalry Week. Is this hashtag coded? Yes. Yes. Well, I don't know. It depends. Being part of the code is is how the game plays out. Mm, the code, that's a good point. That's the code master. We, we have to Kerr. figure out whether or not this is a code approved rivalry. Right? It's a rivalry right now, but we don't know if it's code approved. But it's it's a big it's a big game. It's it's bigger than your typical regular season game tonight. That's for sure. Grizzlies Warriors nine o'clock. You can listen to it right here on ninety two nine FM ESPN. It's going to be nationally televised. Um, another showcase moment for this Grizzlies team and kind of the the first, certainly this season, the first showcase moment where they're coming off a three-game losing streak. Um, well, so it's the first three-game losing yes, streak of the season. Um, so it, we're going to get you all ready to go for that game on this show. We're going to play a Grizzlies version of buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit because it feels like not only is this game happening, but we've had a wave of uh, of developments, if you will, on the news front with the Grizzlies. So we're going to dive into all that here shortly. Uh, 2.30 or so, 2.40 or so, David Cobb from CBSSports.com will join us. He covers college hoops and college football for them over at CBS. We'll get his thoughts on uh, the Tigers, college basketball at large. Also an interesting, uh, they've graded over at CBSSports.com, Jeffrey, all the third-year college football coaches. This is coaches. important work by Chip and the boys. Yes, and Ryan, so Ryan Silverfield yes. and Mike Norvell. Both part of that grade. So Kiffin, we'll, yeah, Lane Kiffin, a lot of big names. Yeah, um, we will. It, what's amazing is ten of the twenty-four coaches from three years ago have already been fired, or not at that job. Correct. Um, so uh, we'll discuss all that with David here later this hour, three o'clock or so. We will get into the list. Penny Hardaway spoke earlier this afternoon uh, ahead of uh, tomorrow's game against SMU. Which is the last? I didn't realize this till today. The last time Memphis basketball lost a home game was when they lost to SMU last year. Uh, which well, was we, the, we, which was the which was the stop well, asking never, me stupid effing questions game. Stop asking me stupid fucking questions. That that's stop the last time, me, bro. That's the mm-hmm. last time they lost a home game, Memphis basketball. Which I I, had, I did not realize, but that I didn't is the realize case. it was the SMU game. But remember, we had gone back. We knew that I think the Tigers have now won 15 straight, correct at home? Yeah, something like that. It's it's going. It's starting to climb the list of like longest active yeah. home winning streaks in college basketball. But uh, yeah, we'll get into that in the, the in the list next hour, and then we'll circle back to the Grizzlies to close things up. Uh, and really, really get into the nitty gritty of tonight's game between the Warriors and Grizzlies. But Jeffrey, let's start things off. It's Wednesday. Let's play some buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. It's that time on 92.9's Giannato and Jeffrey show, where we either buy, buy sell, sell, short, short, or go to Reddit. 
<clears throat> All right, Jeffrey, this is a Grizzlies edition of Buy, Sell, Short, or Go to Reddit. All these are going to be about the Memphis Grizzlies. So let's start. We're gonna, we'll get to the game. Let's start with the news of the day. Two big items, I think, on the Grizzlies front. We'll start with what broke last night. Uh, first, the injury report for today's game came out and it was listed. Stephen Adams went from questionable in the in the Kings game to out. Just out. And then, shortly thereafter, it was announced through the team that he has a sprained PCL and he's going to miss three the next three to five weeks. Not that it really matters all that much. Three to five was a weird number to see for me. Like, it's like a month. Yeah, he's missing like, a month. He's... I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't I'm know. sure there's something in, like, you know, the, whoever diagnosed it, you know, they have some sort of template. No, but, but, I mean, wouldn't, I'm just specifically saying yeah, usually three you see two to, to four five. or yeah, four to exactly. six. Three to five was a was a new range that I was not not used to seeing. Regardless, I think, you know, it's safe to say he's going to miss, you know, like a month at least um, coming up here. Um, certainly will be out, it feels like, through the All-Star break. You know, uh, yes. And we'll see after the yeah. All-Star break. I think that's more than fair. Yeah. Um, and so um, they're going to have to do without the best offensive rebounder in the league, a guy who you know, very clearly helps carve out room for John Morant, you know, always le- is among the league leaders in screen assists, you know, and was having, frankly, I don't know if it was his best year, but it was among one of his best years as a pro. So I, I looked it up. He, it was not a quote-unquote career year. But he had returned to form of the peak, like his peak three years he was in OKC, as well as, well as he's played as a pro, Correct. and um, was doing a lot for this team. You could tell, even though it was like the little things, like you noticed it. You know, like he was, you know, the way he offensive rebounded. Now, you know, obviously in the fourth quarter of games, both in the playoffs last year and you know at times this year. Um, I guess the one they the, hadn't been going to him as much because of his free throw shooting. Well, I was say I think the one aspect that we're about to figure out is how much of the Grizzlies' free throw shooting woes is just attributed to him. Mm-hmm. I have contended that if you look at everybody's numbers, he's obviously a significant contributor. It be as bad Correct. as it is if it were if he was Correct. just a fifty percent free throw shooter. Yes, like I think his career average is something like the fifty to sixty range, like Correct. the low fifties, and he's at. 30 this year or whatever it is. Correct. But almost to a man, everyone was everyone who's been shooting free throws, their numbers have been down. So it's not just him. But the reality is they lost one of their five or six best players on this team. At least as far as re- the yeah. regular season no, goes. No this problem. Year. No problem at all. Um, and they're going to miss him for a month. So here's my buy, sell, sure, go to Reddit. We saw in both the playoffs last year when they benched him, slash, he got COVID, they went to Xavier Tillman as the starting five and against Sacramento. Without Adams, they went to Xavier Tillman as the starting five, not Brandon Clark. They've always they've it seems like very consistently they've decided we don't want him to be a starter. We want him his energy off the bench. Um, and it then, is it is ironic to me that they do all these they talk out of kind of both sides of their mouths like we don't really have positions yet they clearly do have like rules that matter. Mm-hmm. Yes, and. Then you've got the added dimension of Santi has proven yeah. he can he can as a starter for a temporary amount of time he can fill that role fill that void and you move Jaron to the Jaron to the five and a lot in both instances really you move Jaron to the five but um, so here's my buy sell short go to Reddit the Grizzlies are going to ride with Tillman at the five like they did in last year's playoffs until Adams is back buy sell short or go to Reddit I need some clarification. Mm-hmm. So to me, that so means like, I think for sure he's starting. 
I think that's sort of what I like. That he is going to have a significant role. Okay, but to me, there's a difference yeah. between him being the 20 minute guy versus the Grizzlies are going. Uh, the Grizzlies are going to like what? What's what? What to you would be too like? Basically, they're going to use Tillman like they did in the playoffs, which was if he's going well, they'll play him in crunch time. Well, no, even when he wasn't going well, they were still playing him in crunch That's time. That's what I mean. They're going to ride massive overreaction. They're going to ride Tillman like they did in last year's playoffs. I think that's that's sort of what did he average that's what I was, minutes I was, wise? I was yeah. trying to pull it up. So last year, last year in the Minnesota series, okay, all right. So let's set the over under at fifteen minutes. Okay, Xavier Tillman will play more than fifteen minutes a game while Stephen Adams is out. I think that's a buy. <laughs> I, yes, I think I think what you're going to see is he's definitely going to be the starter. And, yeah, and I don't necessarily have a problem with it as long as he's playing 15 minutes. He's not getting true starters minutes. Well, I also don't have a problem with it if it's in this capacity. Mm-hmm. He's coming in. This isn't like you turn to you turn to Xavier Tillman to save you. Mm-hmm. This is you had an injury. This is exactly why you have a Xavier Tillman on your roster is when. You have injuries and you need someone to step in, he's fine. But the problem that I had in the playoffs was you all of a sudden decided a guy that wasn't good enough to play for you throughout the entire season yeah. was all of a sudden a starter quality caliber player. Mm-hmm. And to me, like, that's not the role. And this would also suggest, like, I don't think they're going to make some trade at the deadline to go pick up, like, a backup big to help ease. Things. I did see who picked up Gorgie. Someone signed Gorgie again. I saw it's that like last on a ten week. day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I could. I could. Well, you'd Listen, have to. Re- the problem is you'd have to release someone to pick up Gorgie Jang. Like you'd have to get rid of someone. And who? You, they're not going to get rid of Jake Laravia or like you know like one of those guys at the end of the or Kennedy Chandler Spurs signed. for for Gorgie Jang. Spurs got him. Yeah. So, um, uh, but old Grizzlies. I, I will. I say this about Tillman starting too. It allows you to keep because. Presumably, this is only a month. It's not like he's you know like he's going to be out. Well, till this the, is three to five weeks. Yeah, probably. three to five well, weeks. Well, did we get three to five weeks before a ramp up, or three to five weeks for a reevaluation for a ramp up? Did we get any get I'm any sh- of that good language? I'm sure. I'm sure they gave themselves wiggle room for it to be more mm-hmm. than three to five weeks if they need it to be. Um, let's see here. He's been diagnosed with the, P- the official well, the, announcement. The language is always a little bit uh, cleaner when team spokesman Adrian Wojnarowski gives the gives the update rather than the Grizzlies. He just it says he's expected to be sidelined three to five weeks. Okay, that's that's how it's. Further updates will be provided as appropriate. Um, and so, um, but I do think it, there's something too if he's only out three to five weeks keeping Clark in the same sort of spot in the rotation he is while obviously increasing his minutes. And Aldama keeping him sort of in the same rhythm to start games and start halves as they will be when Adams gets back. Now, I do think, like, I would expect we are going to see a lot more fourth quarters where you're going to adjust the rotation so that you're closing fourth quarters with Clark and Jaron Jackson Jr., by and large, barring, like, Santi having a great game or something like that. Right? Don't you? Like, that's, that's what they closed in the playoffs with. Yeah, I think that's the way that it would go now. But like, like the as one long di- as Brandon Clark's playing more minutes, I don't care who starts. As long as Brandon Clark is getting the bulk of these Adams minutes that are going away, that's what matters to so me. So the one I would say the one big difference between now and the playoffs last year is that Santi 
clearly is at a different level than he was last year. Yeah. So I mean, I would expect his minutes to go up too here because you can play him with Clark, him with Jackson. I mean, there. I mean, it seems to me the biggest issue, the biggest reason why you are playing Xavier is that gives you a rest from putting, from putting Jaron at the five for an entire game. That seems to be one of the yeah. reasons. But still, like, I mean. Xavier Tillman is not a big guy. He's like an undersized big himself. No, but let's also be clear. Like, part of the reason he's out there is, hey, man, he's going to eat up some fouls. Yeah. Now, now the problem is, you know, against Sacramento, like everyone talked about the three-point chain. You know what else happened in that game? Oh, they, they, got got crushed they got crushed inside. on the glass. Yes. They got crushed on the glass. So, I think this is going to be a, you know, it's no different. I would, no, no greater challenge, I guess, than certainly than like not having Ja or not having Des. Desmond Bain or not having Jaron Jackson Jr., but it is, you know, it is a significant thing they are going to have to overcome over the next three to five weeks. See, if, maybe I, maybe I should phrase this in a buy so short or go to Reddit. Mm-hmm. In the regular season, it seems like what impacts the game the most is Des H- having Des on or off the floor for spacing. But it was very clear in the playoffs what affected it the most, at least at the end of the game. When you did not have Ja on the mm-hmm. on the floor in the fourth quarter, there's a reason why the tough. Grizzlies. There's a reason Those why last the Grizzlies. Six two, minutes of the game yeah, are tough they blew in the playoffs. Two fourth quarter leads in which okay maybe you don't hold on to both, but you clearly should. The have reality held on to is one of them. in the fourth quarter playoff games, by and large, you're not getting up and down the floor. It's Correct. just you know it's going. And someone it's has to walking up the court, and you got to go make a play in the half court. Um, so you know it'll be it'll be interesting, but it's obviously not good. But again, much like the three game losing streak. Good that it's happening now. You know, if you're, you know, you'd rather this happen. You know, remember last year it was like it felt like they lost a little momentum when Ja got hurt towards the end of last year. Remember? Oh yeah, there's no and, question. You know, and like and yeah, then it's it like came all back. of a sudden, like and it's like all of a sudden it's like okay, well he has to do the flip the playoff switch. Yeah, and it was fine. Yeah, but it wasn't ideal. And so like you, you know, at least you've got three months here for him to not just get back, but like kind of get his groove back once he comes back in the lineup and. You know, maybe maybe something like this is what costs you the one seed, but like so be it. it you'd rather it happen now than happen in like the you know, middle of March. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, you'd much rather get you. Might, the thing that is clearly the most important aspect that we've seen the last few years, particularly in this in the era where there's not just teams that are just so clearly far and away ahead of the rest of the field, mm-hmm. and it's Steven not at- being healthy. Come playoff time, and so it, yes, and Stephen Adams, you know, like you are going to need, you know, he's not a guy who relies on his athleticism to be effective either. So, like, even yeah. if his, even if he loses a little pop when he comes back, like he'll, be, I think he'll be fine. Ultimately. Yeah, I mean, I do. You do worry about him defensively, like in the pick and roll with a with an injury like this coming back from, and him. also like because obviously it's not a just run of the mill sprain if you're missing a month, like it's a significant sprain. Well, and there's also like graded on the Steven Adams scale mm-hmm. to knock him out of the lineup. I feel like it has to be like a normal a normal mortal would be down for six months, but for him it's three to five weeks. Yeah. All right. Next buy sell short We got some more news via Danny Green's podcast mm. this morning, which Woj. I'm so strate- glad I don't actually know the name of it. Woj inside the green room, I believe. Um, Woj, I, 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 whatever. Woj was a Woj was aware of the quotes from Danny Green's podcast before it even posted on his podcast page. Okay, at but, least at least it was that way. But it was such a tough look for me because I love ripping on Iguodala when he releases a pod and no one listens to it, mm-hmm. and then there's news on it, and he has to like tip people off if there were news. 
Okay, the fact that at least that maybe came out early, that makes me feel a little better, but it's like, I don't want to rip on one of my guys here. Well, Danny, but I also have to be consistent. Danny Green revealed in the podcast that they have targeted February 1st against the Portland Trailblazers, so a week from today, as his return date from the, that major. He had a PCL tear. You know, Stephen Adams had a PCL sprain, but uh, Green tore his PCL and ACL. And he's going to be back in eight months, which is like... By the way, can you help me out here? When did PDX become a... Portland? Yes. Isn't that the airport code? Okay, that at least makes me feel better. I think that's the airport code for Portland, I believe, as someone who's booked some flights to Portland in recent years. Um, But, so Danny Green has said they have targeted February 1st for his return which is eight days before the trade deadline and eight months after he suffered the injury with the Sixers in the playoffs. You are correct. It's the, it's the, but I mean, no, that's a little, that's, that's too much. And I'm an airport code guy. (laughs) That's too much. (laughs) Like we don't do with Orlando. It's not MCI or whatever. MCA. uh, No, no, MCI. MCI is right. MCI is right. I think MCI was the old telecom. Or MCO. I think it's, it's MCO. Yeah, whatever. It's MCO. That's what it is. Um, I prove my point, Your Honor. Yes. Um, but do you ever see Chicago is ORD or whatever with O'Hare? ORD. Yeah. Yeah. No. PD. No, that's got to stop. Okay. That's <laughs> Go that, tell the people. That's, isn't, that's clearly somebody that's got, like, the trademark to that. Well, it's like Portland's all, it's all about slogans Keep Portland there. weird, bro. Yeah. It's all about slogans there. Um so Danny Green, and then today they announced he'd been. I guess he's prac. The Hustle are on a on a West Coast road trip as well, and so Danny Green was assigned to them to practice with them today. I'll be interested. I I, I would think they're not going to have him play a game with them, but maybe. You know, I would be get surprised. A, you know, but but probably a harder practice. You know, like I don't know. Memphis isn't going through like heavy practices right now, and I assume. I think that was just to get him on the floor. Yeah, but regardless, he says a week from today he's going to be making his debut season debut. So I give you this by it so- is, Hold on, quickly, though. It is funny how minor league assignments returning from injury in baseball, no one bats an eye. Like, mm-hmm. for you know, as you pointed out, like, you know, we've had, what, Yachty was the most recent. Like, yeah, Yachty they, played a couple games yeah. here this summer. Like, uh, that's, you never bat an eye. But Wayne didn't Wainwright pitch a game Wainwright, with them yeah, at some point in the did. last couple years. Yeah, yeah, when I mean, but it's just not viewed as a slight. But no, it's God viewed for, as part of the rehab yeah, process. But God forbid NBA guys get sent. I mean, remember that was like remember when Chandler got sent down like yeah, that. No, was, well, it's technically I believe according to the rules, a player ha- once you're past your third year, a player has to agree to go. Correct. Like you can't just send them down. And it is like kind of odd that if you're just trying to do it to get run. Well, to be fair, Chandler's thing. I remember Chandler's talking, one was because it was too open ended. It was like were, it was like Chris Walls basically saying, "We want you away from the team right, which and is fine. prove it that you can play." Right, which, but my point is, in general, it is viewed as a slight. Yeah, um, but I mean, you know, to Danny. Well, here's the buy sell shorter go to Reddit, right. and then we can get into it. Buy sell shorter go to Reddit. Danny Green will be a regular contributor for the Grizzlies the rest of the way. Regular season, postseason, starting February 1st. Oh, you're buying. I'm buying for several reasons. I think at this point, they do view it as their move. What if, what if, so they play February, it's February 1st is when he's coming back. And I believe there'll be, so that means there'll be three games they play 
before the trade deadline with him. So I've got it right here. You have Portland on Wednesday, but one of those games would be on the road at Cleveland the next night. I probably he's not, not playing. playing both. And then he has Raptors. That's I mean three games. Raptors on that Sunday, and then Chicago. Chicago's the last game before the deadline. So they'll probably get three looks at him before the deadline. Do you think if like he looks terrible, so, they'll like they'll like they'll pull the trigger on something, or is this yeah. something where they're going to be paid? You know, because like honestly, like I'm not expecting him to come out guns a blazing, coming I'm, back eight months out from a major knee injury. I'm, I'm not coming. If you're keeping Dan Green, to me, you're keeping him thinking, all right, he's going to need a month or two to get his legs under him before, like, we can really evaluate what he can do for us in the playoffs. I mean, he still has a full extra year of con- of his contract, correct? No. This is it. It's an expiring deal. Oh, uh, so he's he's talking. He's even negotiating his own contract. Yeah, he wants to too. stay. He likes yeah. it here in Memphis. Yeah. I can see why he's played so many games. Well, I'll give him credit, man. He's really like, he's really like. No, this is probably the best team he's going to find his way onto. Like, and he's like, yes. you know, he's going to. You see him at hustle games, yeah, you know, like you, you know, he's, he's he, campaigning to stay. Yeah, he's he's he seems they seem to like him. I still think it's likely that you're keeping him for the rest of the season. So do I. I don't. In fact, I think they view this as their trade. De- yeah, I mean, it's, this uh, is their fact, trade. De- that's what they're going to tell us after they make no move on February 9th. Zach Kleiman's going to do one of the few press briefings he does a year, and he's going to say, We view Danny Green as our trade deadline acquisition. Yeah. And to be clear, I don't think at this point, I think behind the scenes, they put in some capital on him, too. Like, I think there's some sweat equity. I think there's, I, I think that they are. I mean, he's coming back eight months. Like, it's pretty, to me, it's pretty significant. That a 36-year-old... Is it ACL? It's ACL and PCL. What he tore both. The, what happened to the good old days of ACL? He's done for 18 months. <laughs> like, I mean, there's some guys that, like, they would just put him down well, There pasture. is a theory of, and I think there might be something to this. Like, it's not like he's a 25-year-old in his prime where you, like, want to be... You need you feel the need as a player to be cautious because you've got 10 years left, at, you know, on your career and you want to make sure you're 100%. At this point in his career, isn't he partially thinking in his head, like, I just want to be a part of a title-winning team, and if I'm healthy enough to play, I'm going to go. Oh, I think the way he's viewing it as, if you look at what his skill set is, this is the best opportunity for him to, quote-unquote, close out his career with a meaningful role on a good Mm -hmm. team. So I'm going to, regular contributor, I'm going to sell. Really? Yes. Okay. I think he's going to be on the team the rest of the year, but I think he's going to be one of those guys who, like, I I think he might have a big playoff moment in him. But I don't know if he's going to be a guy who— Oh, I think, uh, I think he's got the Conchar role. Well, Conchar was, like, the Conchar role right now it is not trending. necessarily a regular contributor. Well, listen, we're Conchar guys, and it's not trending in the right direction. It could be also to make be making room. But, like, that's a perfect example, though. Like, Conchar did get a shot in the playoffs to have a playoff moment. I think it's and much more And he just didn't take likely, advantage of it. I think it is much more likely that Danny Green's going to get more opportunities than Roddy and Conchar are. The key with the key with Danny Green is how is he moving laterally defensively? Correct. I mean, I am also making. I and maybe this is a mistake on my part. I hand up. I am, I am cloaking most of my opinion in the idea that it's be relatively healthy. Correct. Yeah. And yeah. I, and may, and again, I, that could be one of those ones where you immediately know, like, oh, that doesn't look right. Yeah. And I I suspect though, he wouldn't be coming back this quickly. 
if they had seen any indication in these practices and rehab that that's the case. Does that make well, sense? I I completely like eight months is well. Quick. I even I would even go I would go full Elgin Bates mm-hmm. biomechanics. Mm. I would think that the biomechanics uh, would tell him. Yeah, I the sports science people. I think he's probably passing thresholds. See, I suspect I I think he's going to be one of those stay ready guys who. That's also will, we they, did not make fun of that enough when Elgin Bates just made up biomechanics as an injury. Yeah, that did not get made fun of enough. Yeah, he needed to go see his chiropractor. Yes, yes. Um, for b- biomechanic injury, it's like that's not how you use that. But regardless, um, I think he's going to be one of those guys they turn to perhaps in a key moment. But I don't know if I'm going to I'm going to go as far as say he's going to be like a regular guy contributor the whole way. I just look at it this way. So I think it'll vacillate. Here's what I think we can safely say, provided health, we know this is going to be true. The starting five, Brandon and Tyus. So that's seven right there. Seven right there, no doubt. That, about and it. those guys, barring injury, those guys are playing. And I think at this point, whether you whether you feel like you can trust them in the playoffs or not, I would say like Santi's getting minutes. I agree with you on that. As so like an eighth and, guy. And I, I think that's eight. I then think after that, Danny Green's going to get the most opportunity. More than Zaire, I don't. I don't know about that. I think I think, I think Zaire's unless been a little Zaire too up falls and down. on his face, but I think they want to see him how he does as that top wing off the bench. I think they want it. They want to be like they evaluate based on these, yeah, the playoffs I'm not, I'm and not, stuff. I'm not pushing back on you. I just think I think at this point, but yes, I can see a scenario. I mean, where, Zaire's been moved down at times this year. It was once, and it felt like it was a motivational thing. It was for one game. Yeah. And I know injuries ended up pushing him back up. It was like, I forget, someone was out the next game after he got pushed out of the rotation. And then he ended up having a nice game when he returned, and he stayed in it since. But I just think, I think Danny Green is like Zaire. Is Phoenix? No, he'd been trending up before Phoenix. I think when the playoffs arrived, Danny Green is like Zaire Williams insurance. Like, if Zaire Williams is, you know, swimming upstream in a series— they can go to Danny Green in that role instead. That's that's kind of how I look at Danny Green. I I just think he's more gonna, so than a regular contributor. I think he's going to be a part of it. I he think, might be right. I think he's ahead. I mean, do I think like is he going to get like? I mean, I think it, when he first I mean, comes also, back, yeah, you got to give him minutes, right? Like when he first comes back. Oh, next I think Wednesday, you got to find out what you got. But the yeah. problem is like then there becomes this weird question of how much? How do you balance giving a guy opportunity to kind of work through rust? Mm-hmm. Versus yeah. maybe you're ignoring when the I think, obvious. I think the rope they give him to do that will tell you what they feel about him. Because we've seen in the past guys who they are really they are actually invested in yes. get a longer get a, rope yes. to do stuff like that. Um, like even going back to like remember Marco Guterich the oh. first 25 games of that season. How, how could we? Yeah, like they gave him a rope because they had invested a little bit in him. They picked him. Um, no, the, I Marco. think he was a signee. I think he was a signee. That's what, well, but yeah, I mean, whatever they they brought him in. All right, last buy, sell, shorter, go to Reddit. And it's based off tonight. Again, Grizzlies, Warriors, 9 o'clock tip right here on 92.9 FM ESPN, nationally televised. And I say that because this is my buy, sell, shorter, go to Reddit. The Grizzlies need a win tonight for their reputation. Ooh, you're buying this. Rivalry week. Here's why I'm buying this. Not from the reputation of... I, I think what the Grizzlies are going to face if they don't win this game is they got a lot of times where they get on national TV and fall flat on their face. Mm-hmm. And I do think 
there's ex- explanations for a lot of it. Mm-hmm. But there's also been like, let's be clear, a couple of times they've just gotten gotten their crap rock. Now they did they MLK MLK Day but they did well on the road. Yes, no, this is that was a home game. Yes, yes, and most and the reality they is they had a big road <clears throat> national TV game that they've won. Yeah, I don't know about this year. I think I think what because the reality is is when they announced the record breaking franchise record eighteen national yeah. TV games when you looked at it closely it was like only three of I them think, were yeah, at home I think it was yeah three or four at home I think the problem that the Grizzlies are running into is amongst the talking heads and the elder statesmen the Grizzlies do a lot of talking they don't do a lot of walking yeah NBA internet will be all over Correct. if they lose this game tonight well this would be the second time you lost to the Warriors and the Warriors are not at what's considered to be full strength. Yeah. Well, this time they will be. This is, but I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I'm. I, I think I'm buying this as well. Um, like, I don't think this game tonight will have no impact in my mind on like whether the Grizzlies can go to the Western Conference Finals or whether they can Completely go to the NBA agree. Finals. This says no. This game, whether they win or lose it, will have no impact on how I think about that. But I do think you're right, this narrative is starting to form around them that they've got more bark than bite, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, And, you know, the reality is, if they lose this game tonight, I mean, the numbers won't lie. When they've gone up against the best teams in the West on the road, they have not won. Yeah, no, at a certain point, if you lose this one again, I mean, what we're seeing nationally is that teams are better at home, Mm -hmm. but it's really going to beg the question, why does this... It's not just that they lose on the road. It's some of their like worst performances are on the road, where you just go, mm-hmm. "God, they look terrible." Yeah, yeah. Now I don't think they're going to look terrible tonight. I think you know, like they might lose this game because I think Golden State is a good team, even though their record suggests they're like six, they're seven, an elite eight team, team at home. Let's be clear. Yeah, but I don't expect them to look like crap in this game. Like I don't think we're going to see. I I would hope we're not going to see like a repeat or anything close to that Phoenix first half, for instance. I mean, yeah, my not. question, though, is how much, how easily is Golden State going to turn this into a jump shooting contest? Because what they mm-hmm. don't get credit for on Christmas night is they slowed it down. They slowed it down. And they turned it into a jump shooting contest. I mean, that's that's the reality with the Grizzlies. When they don't get into the paint and when they aren't playing with In transition, pace, they, it's, you know, they have not proven that they can consistently be successful when, when the, when the, when I guess the the logistics of the game are not to their liking, if that makes sense. When they have to play someone else's game. The way game, I've always viewed it is game script. Yeah. When they have to play someone else's game, they have not proven to be successful. And, you know, I, I think you can win a lot of games just forcing your style of play on people. But the truth is when you get to the playoffs, especially when you think of the way the Grizzlies play, you're ultimately going to have to go win some games that don't go the way you want them to. In terms of yeah. style. No. Like, that's what you have to do in the playoffs. No, I mean, one of the big questions that the Grizzlies are going to face in this era, if you will, is they're going to have to prove that they're more than a regular season team. Do you think this, you know, the close of this West Coast trip and then this stretch before the deadline, do you think anything they do could change, like, could will alter the way this front office is thinking? And we don't know if they're thinking they need a trade already or if they need to make a trade or they don't need to make a trade, our gut seems to be, our gut feeling is they're probably thinking they don't need to make a trade. But do you think anything can happen over this stretch that would change their mind in any way? 
I would be very surprised. Yeah. Because I think at a certain level, you could also make a reasonable argument that would be a panic move. Mm. And I just don't see them doing that. I think I think if you look at a lot of their quote-unquote panic decisions that they've made, it's been like putting Xavier in for Steven Adams in the playoffs. But it hasn't been like roster. It's been like more of a strategy or a, heard, a deployment issue. And I think I think they, you know... I think there's something to what Danny Green said on his previous podcast about how the Spurs normally made I didn't their moves. You're such a regular listener. Well, I've listened to the last two because he had John Morant on two times ago, and now he's you know made news on this most recent one. But how he talked about how the Spurs traditionally made moves in the off season, not at the deadline. And no, oh, he has clearly laid out the talking points. Yes, and that, no, today we got. I want to be here for the next couple years. And correct. The question is whether or not this is the Danny Green campaign. Because my gut or tells this is the the Grizzlies campaign. My gut tells if you had to ask me buy sell short or go to Reddit, Danny Green's on the roster next year. I would sell that. I think I'd, unless I'd, you like won a title, I think I'd buy it. Really, if he took like a is vet it, minimum, yeah. Well, I, I and am it also, works. Yes, I am also assuming the the money would be the better. money. Yeah, you're paying him like a, a couple million dollars. Correct. I do not think he's coming back on a, you know, whatever a ten million dollar year deal or twelve million dollar year deal. No, no chance. Or Ten no. million this year is what yeah. he's making. No way. No. no way. All right. When we come back, David Cobb will join us. We'll dive into college basketball, college football. Also, we got the list. Penny Hardaway spoke today. So much to get to on today's show. You're listening to Giannato and Jeffrey on 92.9 FM ESPN. Into the lane. Oh, good night. The right hand hammer brings the crowd out of the seats. Tonight, the Memphis Grizzlies take on the Golden State Warriors. We'll have the pregame at 8.30 with Gary Darby live from San Francisco. The tip at 9 o'clock with Eric Hasseltine on 92.9. 92.9 FM ESPN is Memphis's Grizzlies station. The NFL Conference Championships are this Sunday, and you can enjoy more thrills than a two-minute drill on FanDuel. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or already have an account because they're giving all customers a no-sweat same-game parlay. That means you'll get free bets back if your conference championship same-game parlay doesn't hit. Bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to which player will score a touchdown with FanDuel. Or, if you can't decide, you can ride with thousands of other fans and bet popular SGPs already made for you. New to FanDuel, sign up with the promo code JSmith to see for yourself why they're America's number one sportsbook. And if you already have FanDuel, you can start building your no-sweat same-game parlay today. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner, of the NFL. Must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee. Three plus legs, minimum dollar bet required. Refund issued as is non withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max bonus $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fandle.com. Gambling problem? Call Tennessee Redline at 1 800 889 97. 89. Forte PE 573573, MSRP 213335, K5 LSX 0991-8857, MSRP 26857, includes all rebates and incentives, must finance through Hyundai, excludes tax, title, and license. See dealer for complete details. Offer valid through 22823 with approved credit, dealer stock only. Warranties are limited, powertrain warranty, see Kia.com or retailer for details. Hey, Jeff, my man, are you ready to almost give away some new Kias today to start the new year off right at Gossett Kia South Mount Mariah? You bet I am, Randy. How about 41 MPG Highway in your new 2023 Kia Forte LXS, only 254 a month. 36 month lease, 20 
$67.99 do it, son. Hey, Jeff, how about that new K5? That thing's awesome. We got it at just $319 a month. 36 month lease, $31.99 do it signing. Plus, with all your new kids, you know you get a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. And if you don't see exactly what you want, I'll order it for you, and you won't pay over MSRP at Gossip Key on Mount Moriah. So whether you live in Horn Lake, South Haven, Olive Branch, or Memphis, you'll be happy, happy at Gossip Key on Mount Moriah. 2680 Mount Moriah or KeyMountMariah.com. It's Howie from Robert Irwin Jewelers. What is your New Year's resolution this year? I'm going to trim it down. I'm going to trim my inventory down. I'm going to trim my waist down. I'm trimming it all <laughs> down. How much? Oh, I think I got it about a good 30 to 70% off anything that's in our jewelry showcases during our Santa surplus sale, and it's going on right now. And with Valentine's Day just being a month away. It's a great time to go shopping for engagement rings, especially at a great price. You got to get to Robert Irwin Jewelers, get free financing, sale going on at all locations. You can't get this online folks. Add this to your New Year's resolutions. Win money in 2023 with Superbook Sports. Superbook has over three decades of sports wagering experience in Las Vegas, so you'll get the best odds anywhere as we head into the football playoffs. Plus, check out their special odds boosts and promotions at Superbook.com. Make 2023 the year when you win money from Vegas. Download the Superbook Sports app now and place your bets. Visit Superbook.com for terms, conditions, gambling problem. Call 1-800-889-9789. Hi, guys. It's Mark. Are you struggling with erectile dysfunction? Did you know that a major medical breakthrough is now available and it isn't a pill? Today, Wednesday, January 25th, we're running a one-day special you won't want to miss out on. River Ridge Medical Clinic uses the most powerful form of wave therapy. This is a technology clinically shown to repair blood vessels and improve blood flow. It's backed by 60 clinical studies, including from Cambridge. If you're ready to regain that spark in the bedroom, today is your day. Call us now and you'll qualify for the assessment and ultrasound totally free. You'll also get a gift that can produce rapid and powerful results in the bedroom in minutes. You're going to love that one, guys. Trust me. And today only, we're offering five tune-up treatments to our patients free. This is an unprecedented offer worth hundreds of dollars, but call today and qualify totally free. Call 901-672-2000. That's 901-672-2000. Guys, put a stop to your erectile dysfunction and get your life back. Call River Ridge Medical Clinic now to qualify. This offer ends today, Wednesday, 901-672-2000. Is your tub worn out, but you're not sure who to trust to replace it? With over 2 million successful bath remodels, people trust BathFit because we know how to do it right. We've been custom designing and manufacturing baths for over 35 years. Our unique tub-over-tub installation takes as little as a day with no demo to fit your busy schedule. And we offer a lifetime warranty on every tub. That's how confident we are in our quality and durability. Bathfitter, it just fits. Visit bathfitter.com to book your free consultation. Well, it's definitely a tough time in the real estate market, which is why you need the best real estate agent for the job. I've got the answer for you. Hey, Memphis, Jeff Calkins here. The best person for the job is Josh Hysaw and his team at Keller Williams Realty. Josh Hysaw is the agent that will get you through this challenging market. Just how did he win me over? Josh has what it takes to guide you through this tumultuous time. Not to mention, he's got things to sweeten the pot, like his instant cash offer for your convenience or getting your home sold at your price, or Josh will pay the difference. Josh also has his no-risk one-day listing agreement. Just let him tell you about it. Give him a call. 901-461-8147. No accident that real estate mogul and Shark Tank star Barbara Corcoran only recommends Josh in the Memphis area. Google Josh Hysaw Real Estate. Read all his five-star reviews, then call him 901-461-8147 or visit joshhysaw.com and get moving. If you need to stay on your home, there's only one thing to do. Call Josh, H-I-S-A-W. Go to joshhysaw.com. 
I often say that the best time of year at Oak Hall is the holidays. And it's a great time of year. But I want to correct myself. Because the best time of year is a semi-annual sale directly after the holidays. And it is going on now. The same beautiful clothing, the same helpful people, all of that, plus some of the best prices of the year. Men's and women's fall and winter clothing on sale now at the semi-annual sale at Oak Hall. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on the Sports Station. Make some midweek magic with Light the Lamp Wednesdays at BetMGM. BetMGM is an official sports betting partner of the NHL. You can place a $25 wager on any NHL player to score a goal on Wednesday, and you'll automatically receive $2 in free bets for every goal scored in the game, up to $16 in free bets. Just log into your account or download the app and sign up with BetMGM to get started. Then opt into the Light the Lamp Wednesday's promotion to receive a $2 free bet for every goal scored in the game, regardless of your prop bet's outcome. Take your shot every Wednesday at BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions for when years of age or older to wager. Tennessee only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line. 1-800-889-9789. David Cobb is... Writes about college football and basketball for CBS Sports. He's on Twitter at David W. Cobb. Cobb, we want to get into the grading of the third, the important work that Chip Patterson, of course, did uh, grading the third-year college football coaches. Extremely important work. But before we get that, (laughs) Mark thinks that John Shire is going to get five years. Buy or sell? Oh, I I buy that. I, I mean, he's not doing a terrible job. Like, Duke is in a better position right now than North Carolina was this time a year ago under Hubert Davis and they're recruiting and they're not Coach playing Coach K's great. not going to let his hand-picked successor not get a fair shake at the job. Yeah, and he's just he's saying the one of the, one of those legends that stepped aside actually stepped aside. The other kept his the other kept his office, but he get what did he do? He knocked down the wall. Is that what he did? No, moved Mark? to a different floor. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yes. Different floor now. No, John Shire is going to get a long time. He's the youngest Division One head coach. Think about that. And he's recruiting so well that that's going to keep him afloat because it's going to be one of those deals where it's like, well, you know, we got this class coming in. I mean, Duke's never not going to recruit well. So I just think he's going to get a long time to figure it out. It just stinks how boring they are. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I flip on a Duke game and I just feel nothing. Well, their their class is a little bit of a bust. I mean, Kyle Filipowski has been awesome, consistently ranked among our top five freshmen every single week so far this season. But Derek Lively was the one who was actually supposed to be the best player in the class, and he's been very average coming back from injury. Now Derek Whitehead might be out for maybe an extended period of time after he went down with an injury the other night. So their freshman class has been a dud. When you got Ryan Young out there, the kind of pudgy Northwestern transfer, looking like one of your go-to options, I just don't think that's the way they thought this team was going to be. So maybe if, if there's a knock on Shire to this point, it's the fact that they haven't really developed this freshman class that well. Yeah, if, Co- Coach K didn't give him a good roster. Well, this was Shire's class. Coach K, remember, he didn't go out on the road for this class. I'm just saying he, he could have left him with more. Empty covered. 
Well, bad leader. He's a leader of men. Don't take that. Bad back. leader. He's a leader of men. Yes, he'll um, tell us. Yes. Uh, if you had to, if you had to pick an SEC team to make the Final Four, would it be Tennessee or Alabama today? Team Alabama. That's, the team that's young, the young team, as opposed to the team that you know might not be able to score enough. You're picking no, the it's young. Alabama. It's not even really that close to I me. Mean, I see a clear delineation of Alabama at the top of the SEC. Well, big break there, then Tennessee, then another big break, and then the rest of the pack uh, trying to chase them down. So it's Alabama and Tennessee at the top, but I think Alabama's has clearly established itself ahead of Tennessee. It's kind of unfortunate, just like last year when Kentucky and Auburn were the two best teams in the SEC and they only played once. Yeah. Alabama and Tennessee only played once this year, and it's at Tennessee. So it's unfortunate because I would love to see a return trip in that series this season with those two teams being the best in the league. But, man, Alabama just can beat you so many different ways. Like, under NATO's to this point, there have been Alabama teams that have been really good offensively, and there have been Alabama teams that have been really good defensively. This is the first one that's, like, borderline elite in both facets. And so on those nights that Alabama has sometimes where they go three of 21 from beyond the arc, they can still find a way to win because their defense is that stingy. I was trying to think. That Auburn game was fun. That Auburn-Kentucky game last year was fun. What's Auburn's best win this year? Because, like, that's the other thing that we, we, that I kind of find a little bit interesting for Memphis. Like, that's one of Memphis's biggest resume lines. But, like, they do kind of have on a— Ken Pomp, they 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 when they beat Arkansas at home. That's their best win. Yeah. But that— yeah. 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 Auburn is not elite, but the win is getting better for Memphis. I mean, there was a second there where the Auburn and the Texas A&M wins for Memphis were not looking good no, at they, all. They were looking perhaps shaky, but also I think now you get A&M looking better, Vandy's looking better in terms of a when resume you, line. The reason why Memphis moved up in the net, moved up in Ken Palm, moved up in all these bracketologies this week, yeah, they got the big win over Cincinnati, but I also think it's just the overall profile. They're now 5-3 and three against quad two, 1-2 and two against quad one, and they have no bad. They have no quad three, quad four losses. I've maintained for like a week or two now. More than anything, if Memphis can stay undefeated in quad three and quad four, and like honestly, that means just like you know, if they can go like you know, that, that means basically it means not losing any home games. Yeah, like they're gonna be fine. I mean, fine in, in fine in terms of making the tournament. Like yes, it, it's, that's something yeah. bubble teams don't have a clean docket on quad three and quad four games. Exactly. Don't lose to SMU and don't lose to Tulsa. And the, you, I mean, they won't lose to SMU. I just, they just won't. But Tulsa, for whatever reason, has been an issue for them. Yeah, but and now know, they got they got Frank Hayth. They know, it's been an issue. They took Frank Hayth away. Well, they didn't take him away. They got him after after there was a parting of ways. Yeah, I know. So the, both of those teams are trash, and Memphis can't afford to lost it to one of them. So I'm with you guys. If they avoid catastrophe, there. I've been saying it all along. This is the best Memphis. The best position Memphis has been in in regards to an NCAA tournament resume at this point in the calendar under Penny Hardaway, and I've said that repeatedly at different intervals throughout the season, and it's still true because they didn't have any of those bad losses. Auburn, Texas A&M playing better now. I mean, Ole Miss is just the the. Ugh. I mean, they're, they're no, terrible. no, no, no. Don't don't say that. Like, dude, <laughs> I mean, I've won six straight. Time. I've won six straight betting against them. Like they are, <laughs> they're a cash cow right now. We do not yeah. need this getting out. I know, but uh, that one doesn't hold up very well for Memphis. Missouri was only a one-point favorite last night. That was it. (laughs) Uh, It's baffling. Ole Miss is, 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 oof, they're bad. Yeah, they've lost, oh boy, they've lost one, two, three, four, five, six, 
eight of their last nine. I mean, the only Whoa. thing that the only thing that's more amazing to me right now is I still have no idea. Ole Miss beat South Carolina. I have no idea. Say what you want about how bad Kentucky was that night. The fact that they actually lost to that South Carolina team is yeah. still baffling to me. Yeah, I know I'm writing, I'm working on something now in advance of the Kentucky-Kansas game, kind of how Kentucky got its season back on track. Because it's insane the swing Kentucky has made over the last couple weeks, losing to South Carolina at home. And now all of a sudden you look up and they're firmly back in position to make the NCAA tournament look like a clear cut top half of the SEC kind of team. And honestly, the only thing you can really point to is the fact that they benched Severe Wheeler and started yeah. playing some other guys more minutes. It's crazy how a simple lineup tweak has totally transformed things for Kentucky. It uh, also makes sense why Cal would have been hesitant to go to that immediately. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, do, I do get why it took a little bit to go, all right, we got to bench him. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. he's, he's their floor general. He's the SEC assist leader you know, for a couple of different years now in his career. I mean, it's not like Severe Wheeler is a bad player. He's just not the player Kentucky needs because Correct. he can't shoot from the outside. Neither can Oscar, neither can Jacob Toppin. So there's just no spacing when you have a non-shooting point guard on the floor. You put Wallace out there at the point with, like, Reeves and um, uh, uh, C.J. Frederick, and, like, that's a really good shooting lineup, and it actually – you know, it makes it harder to double team onto Sheboy because you're leaving a shooter when you do it. So, I, I mean, it's simple. Um, and Severe Wheeler is still playing. He's just not playing nearly as much. Yeah. All right. Let's let's go to this college football grading scale because I found important. I, we it love makes, gra- we makes, love grading yes, grades on this show. Make sure Chip knows how important this was. Um, yeah, it's so, a public service. Yeah. So the practice was they're grading the all the third year, the, all the college football coaches who just finished their third year. So that's. Lane Kiffin, that's Ryan Silverfield, that's Mike Norvell at Florida State, that's Sam Pittman at Arkansas. So a lot of familiar names. So where should we start? What team? What, who should we start with here? Let's start with. Should let's start, start with Pittman. Let's start with Pittman. Okay, so Pittman got a B minus, and I felt this was harsh on Pittman. I thought yeah. he's at least a B. I know this year it didn't end great. But I no, think the, he he deserves better than a B minus. Uh, the situation the he walked is, into was not very good, and he's he's made Arkansas immediately. He started off in that COVID year where you were only playing SEC teams, and like yeah, their record wasn't great that season, but they were competitive throughout. Just a brutal stretch. I mean, Chad Morris was so bad that I mean, honestly, the fact that Sam Pittman's had Arkansas in bowls for the last two years, he deserves better than a B minus. Yeah. yeah, especially when you consider where they were. If Norvell is a B, how I know Norvell had a great year this year at Florida I just State. Think how is Pittman? This is too much recency bias from Chip, and Chip's better than that. Like to me, I don't care what the grade is. Pittman has to get a higher grade given what he inherited. Well, I guess Mike inherited a mess too at Florida State. They should at least be on the same level. Well, some of these coaches have gone through some violent swings. I mean, you look at like Mel Tucker, who is yeah. on this list. Yeah, like how can you put Pittman as the same grade as Mel Tucker? Well, it's just you think about it. Michigan State was awful this year, yes, but they they were in the Peach Bowl last year, so it's just a wild. Yeah, but that let's. There. We also need to establish twenty twenty definitely didn't count. Twenty twenty one should also have an asterisk. It was COVID adjacent. <laughs> it was still weird. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, so in that sense, maybe maybe Kiffin is overrated then. If, L- Lane if is getting a B plus in this. Oh, I Lane think this Kiffin. is. I think it's Lane's in a very interesting spot here, Cobb, because But Lane has a much better record. Like Lane's twenty three and thirteen, Mel Tucker's eighteen and fourteen, Pittman's nineteen and seventeen, and Norvell is 
Um, I mean, this was his first winning year. Yeah, Norvell is 18 and 16. Like him, Norvell, Tucker, and Pittman all have very similar winning percentages. Lane's is clearly much higher. This is where I think is interesting about Lane this year, Cobb, and I'm curious to know kind of how you feel. So the quarterback thing is weird to me. Like on a certain mm-hmm. level, you know, I do understand, because we talked with Topmeyer, and Topmeyer's point was, listen, if you're Ole Miss, you can't really afford to kind of get complacent at quarterback, even if you even if you think you might have a guy, you have to be aggressive. On a certain level, I get that. But I also think, man, when you start to do the juggling of quarterbacks and your fan base is already getting a little pissed at you because you flirted one too many times, and then... Are they really... Are Ole Miss fans yeah, really pissed at I him? I mean, not, not... There's still plenty that are sipping sh- the Kool-Aid. You need to sip the Kool-Aid. It's not just that he flirted... It's not just that he flirted with leaving. It's that he flirted with leaving and he lost five straight games. Let's be clear. That's mm-hmm. the big if he would have if he would have flirted with leaving and then he honestly probably just beats Mississippi State and then Texas Tech in a bowl game, I think everyone's probably A OK. I think it's a weird spot though for for Ole Miss because if you take a look at their schedule next year, they yeah, get think, they yeah. get the dogs and uh no, Kentucky rotates off. Well, you get the dogs. I mean, that's yeah, bad you enough. get the dogs, and, by, and I guess Vandy, right? But, but if there's one thing I trust Lane Kiffin with, it is quarterback development. And I flash back, look, a year ago, around this time, everybody says, like, what is Brian Vandy, Kelly doing? You know, yeah, Brian, Brian Brian Kelly already had Walker Howard. He had uh, the the kid, Miles Brennan, who had played a lot at LSU. Uh, he had Nussmeyer, who's a promising young quarterback, and then he went out and brought in Jaden Daniels who was kind of looked like a, a washed-up product from Arizona State, and then he turns him into a stud. Well, I think Lane Kiffin is kind of doing the same thing here. He's loading up on guys, and it doesn't make sense to us on the outside. But if there's one thing I trust Lane Kiffin with, it's quarterbacks. And I, I, this has been the case for 15 years now, going back to when he was the head coach of Tennessee for one season. Jonathan Cromptana. Yeah, he turned Jonathan Crompton from garbage into a great player, into a drafted player. And so I think you know Spencer Sanders, yeah, he's – he seems maybe like what? What is he doing here? Like, what? Spencer Sanders totally had reached his potential at Oklahoma State. The diminishing returns there, you know, make this an unattractive acquisition. Whatever. Well, like Lane Kiffin can see something in quarterbacks that maybe the rest of us don't. And so, say what you will about the guy. I mean, he's yeah, there's plenty to criticize with Lane Kiffin, but his development and talent ID with with quarterbacks is pretty pretty impeccable. And I just don't know if Jackson Dart is is the clear cut answer there. So. I mean, it's it's a, it's a bit odd uh, to load up when you, when you just landed Walker Howard to go out and take Spencer Sanders too. But I mean, I look at that LSU situation, man. They had four scholarship guys in that room last spring, and they ended up, you know, really uh, coming out on top with a with a great quarterback and, and Jaden Daniels. No, I mean, I think to your point, I think if he just brings in Walker Howard, it's not that weird. It's the Spencer Sanders part that's weird, and. I get I I think the LSU example is interesting, but I I would also point out LSU. I th- I think LSU's uh, salary cap's a little higher than Ole Miss's. <laughs> that's probably true. And that Ole Miss had more. Pro- I, I guess that's kind of my bigger deal is if I'm sitting there and evaluating Ole Miss, I'm sitting there going, they've got bigger problems than just Jackson Dart, from yeah. what I saw. Yeah, no, that's that's the case as well. But you think about it. I mean, what does Ole Miss need from its quarterback next season with Quinshaw Judkins back? I mean, Ole Miss is, is established itself as a run-first, run-heavy program. And, uh, I mean, I think Spencer Sanders fits that bill. You think about the system Jackson Dart was recruited in to, recruited to play in initially at USC. 
he was an air raid quarterback and, and not one that was particularly mobile. And I, and I mean, Jackson or uh, Spencer Sanders isn't going to uh, run around on you like like Bryce Young or something, but like no, know, but he, he's he can... played. But he's played in the art. To your point, Jackson Dart came from more of an air raid, read it out type guy, and Spencer Sanders has come from the RPO stuff that that Lane wants to run. Yeah, see, he's a better schematic fit, probably. And yeah, I mean, let's be honest; it'll be fun to see what the guy can do when he's outside of Mike Gundy's thumb. Um, I think Lane Kiffin is a little bit more creative, innovative uh, offensively than, than Gundy. And, and things had obviously gotten stale for Sanders at, at Oklahoma State. And then the lowest graded 